Hey guys, thanks for tuning me in for this 37th episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. Special guests for this episode include Texas artist April N. Smith. We'll be talking about her new single, One Two Step Away, plus upcoming music. We'll also visit with country artist and producer Eric Lee. He's got a new single to talk about, Same Dirt Road. We'll also visit with Texas artist Chris Roberts. Got a brand new single we'll be talking about called Get Down. And we'll also share our monthly visit with our good friend Meathead Goldwyn. We'll be talking about those wood pellet grills and some spring grilling checklist ideas as well. Of course, if you would, please take the time to subscribe, drop a like, comment, leave some feedback, and of course, share with your friends. Well, it seems like every drink brand in the world feels like they're required by law to make either a hard seltzer or energy drink. Well, the latest brand to do so is Perrier. They just created a new, quote, carbonated energy water called Perrier Energize. It comes with different fruit flavors, and one can has about the same amount of caffeine as a cup of coffee. If you're interested, it's on sale now. Texas country artist and uh, songwriter and, uh, well, I believe teacher as well, April N. Smith with us. And April, first off, it's nice to meet you. I appreciate you taking some time. Thank you so much for having me. Now, tell us uh, a little bit about the new single, One Two Step Away, how that one came to be and uh, how you feel about the response you've had so far. Okay. Well, we were actually in the studio recording uh, six other songs with my producer, Jody Patterson and Taylor Tatch. And we were looking for a seventh, trying to round it out to a seven song EP. Mm -hmm. And uh, JB said, you know, I wrote a song for myself and never cut it. Uh, but I really think that it's got a good lyric. And I think that maybe you could change some things around and make it your own. Would you be interested? And I said, I'm always interested in anything you write. <laughs> so that's fine. And so uh, he pitched it to me and I knew immediately it had that great dancing beat, um, up-tempo, and it also had very relatable lyrics. And so uh, we decided we were going to take a shot at it. So we just kind of had to change some gender things. It was, you know, changing he to she, she to he and things like that. So it fit for a female to sing it and um, went in and knocked it out that afternoon. And, you know, it's just kind of one of those things that was meant to be. Um, had a really great response so far. And um, when we play it out, the crowds filled the dance floor. And uh, so I'm very excited to have it on the album. And how excited are you talk about getting out and play and being able to play a little bit more after, well, what's probably seemed like forever in between gigs, right? Right. Well, it was for a while, but actually I've stayed very busy. Um, it's been interesting for me because I wasn't playing in a lot of bars and clubs. I was playing more in restaurants and private events. Mm -hmm. And so even though we had to slow down a little bit, it wasn't terrible. Uh, really starting back in the fall, I've stayed busy almost every weekend from September on and March is proving to be extremely busy. I've got two gigs almost every single week. And so it's it's been a whirlwind for sure. But I'm excited about everything opening back up and being able to get into the clubs and bar scene and uh, get out there and meet some more folks. And and it sounds like the ambiance is stirring a little bit. Uh, how, how has uh, being a teacher, being around schools and all that during the week, especially during, in the midst of uh, the pandemic, how has that kind of, I, I guess the weekend is your release, right? It is. I mean, I play during the week sometimes, too. It was kind of a blessing that I was a school teacher in the um, spring whenever we had the break uh, for 
COVID because it allowed me to kind of gain my thoughts uh, and us to go in and record the remaining of uh, the remainder of the record that we hadn't finished because we'd only done uh, two songs at that point. It gave me time in the studio uh, to go spend um, to do the last five songs. Um, but since coming back, man, it's been it has been hard to <laughs> work full time through the week, sometimes play a gig Wednesday and Friday evening and then spend the weekends on the road traveling. So uh, but, but, you know, that's, that's the way it is. I mean, if you love it, you chase that dream and it doesn't matter. And so um, I, I love both of them. And so we're good. How do you keep the energy up, especially after I, I can imagine I've got a 16 year old at school. And if you had to deal up with my 16 year old, it'd be done by the end of the day. Well, I have a 16 year old at home too. So uh, I have three girls. And so I have three daughters at home and then I have a full classroom here. But honestly, there's lots of coffee that goes on in my room. <laughs> and so, and, uh, and I st- try to stick to a pretty strict exercise routine as well, because that helps kind of level out my energy and things like that. So, uh, but it is uh, wearing by the time I get home on Sunday evening, I'm ready to, to chill for a little bit. So. Now, now, how has the songwriting been for you? How is, has the inspiration been there? Has it been a little bit harder for you? I was actually shocked whenever I wrote the first, my first song, Enough. Um, I wrote that on the heels of my divorce and that kind of flowed out of me through that experience. And I've said, over and over that I could not have written this album any earlier in my life because I just didn't have the life experience that I needed to be able to connect with these lyrics. And so uh, for what we were trying to accomplish on this album, I think I was at the right place at the right time. And I was surrounded by some really great uh, co-writers and musicians that were able to inspire and help me get to the point where I needed to get. writing has always been a struggle for me. It's been one of those things that I've not necessarily connected with as well, but I think it's because I don't play an instrument. And so when I'm trying to write on my own and come up with the melody and the lyric, um, I'm one of those that likes to hear the melody first and put lyrics with what they're playing versus the other direction. And so now that I've surrounded myself with a team of musicians that throw ideas at me all the time, then it's becoming increasingly easier for me to be able to come up with lyrics. So that's kind of been my take on the writing process so far. How has 2020 change not only you but the way you see things around you i I imagine especially at the school it's got to be uh your view your view has changed a little uh it definitely has changed i I think that we value things a lot more uh, and appreciate uh the experiences that we get to have i mean even so much as having kids in the classroom you know sometimes we have those students that were like oh my gosh i you know i can't wait till they go home and then now i think back to 2020 and i sent those babies home on spring break and they never came back to me and it's like losing your own kids you know and so it was incredibly hard and so i was very happy when we came back to in-person learning and i was able to go to the fourth grade pod and grab those babies and hug them and tell them how much i missed them um but it also has made me appreciate simple things like going out to eat with my kids, my own personal children, you know, we weren't able to do that for quite some time. Um, However, in retrospect, I think back and I think during the time that we were shut down from March until, you know, really June-ish was whenever Mm -hmm. things started opening back up a little bit. Those were probably some of the most sit down dinners that me and my children had had in a long time and times to sit down and play a game of cards. And so, it gave me perspective on both ends. It gave me perspective of what I needed to appreciate as far as work goes with teaching. It gave me perspective of what I needed to appreciate with my own children at home that I had been missing. And then it also in my singing and, and my music career, um, 
it is hard to play to an empty <laughs> an empty crowd, you know. And so doing those uh, live Facebook streams, um, those were incredibly dif- difficult. And it makes you appreciate those audiences that you have connection with and those people that come out and, and clap and dance and, and make the energy in the room so much different. So I really think 2020 put a lot of things into perspective for me that I took for granted. And how tech savvy have you uh, have you become over the last 12 months? Well, we um, this Zoom call uh, proved to be a little difficult, but no, I'm just teasing. It I'm okay. Um, I definitely had to learn. It was a learning curve, especially for school, having to do what we use Schoology. Mm-hmm. And so having to get all those things um, put online, assessments and things, that proved to be a new challenge for me. Um, but I'm pretty good about, you know, live streams on Facebook whenever I was doing music. Um We've been pretty successful with doing those things. So I've definitely learned a lot. I've definitely learned where my shortcomings are and that I appreciate a tech guy uh, that can do all those things for me and make those connections without me having to do it. They're always handy. They're always handy. (laughs) Yes, yes. They are worth every cent you pay them. Now, how much different was your first uh, Facebook takeover as opposed to your last one? I've I've heard so many great technical stories (laughs) behind the scenes. The first one that we did, we actually tried to do um, at someone's uh, studio and the whole thing was just garbled. And I had no idea the whole time we're sitting there, you know, working. The Internet connection was terrible and um, it was a complete flop. And then like. I don't know, the the next one got a little bit better. So it's just gotten better and better and better. I think that as we've had to do this more, technology has also adjusted. And there's been a lot of, um, Facebook has made a lot of adjustments for yeah. things. Um, but we just learned as we went, basically. And thank goodness that our fans are forgiving and know that <laughs> we're, we're all learning this as we go and trying to get the music out to you in any way possible. So uh, I appreciate my fans' patience because they were probably, after the first one, if anybody watched after that, it was a miracle because <laughs> it was pretty rough to watch. <laughs> yeah, I remember when uh, we were sent home over spring break, too, and I, and then I started doing the morning show from home. And, and yeah, over the last year, the, the, the studio at home looks a whole lot different than it did back then. Mm. I think that I learned that um, it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to be put into situations because that's when you start finding things out about yourself that you didn't know. And I think that 2020 pushed me to a level professionally and personally that I didn't think that I could go. And I didn't think that I could do some of the things that I did, but because of circumstance, I had to. And so uh, my biggest takeaway is there's really not anything that I can't do if I put my mind to it, because I have a great team of support behind me personally and professionally, and I should not doubt myself. I should just keep plugging. That's all I can do. That's good stuff. Now, uh, April, as you move into 2021, how is the goal setting for you with the new year and, and the new releases? Things have definitely changed. Um, I used to do a lot of acoustic shows. My goal set now is that I've got a great set of musicians uh, that they were playing with Charlie Pride and now they're full time, you know, able to play for me. And so my goal has switched from not so much acoustic shows, but to doing full band shows, keeping those guys busy, getting out there on the road and not being afraid of distance, you know, travel, things like that, because that's always been a a difficult part. but so my goals have, have switched to more of that. I want to be able to play full band shows in front of live audiences um, and not have to turn down things because they're too far away and um, to get out there and play as many places as possible. And um, 
so yeah, that's, that's kind of where my goal has been um, to be able to put a face with those fans and to take my entire band with us. And so we can get out there and show them what, you know, what we've got as far as a, as a whole, there's a whole different dynamic in an acoustic show yeah, and a full is. band show. And so that's kind of been my goal so far is how much can I get booked for the full band? And I want to play all these different places, all these different towns, all these different radio stations that are playing our music. I want to be sure I hit something close to them so that those listeners that are uh, giving our song spins and, and radio DJs and things like that, that they're able to come out and see us live. That's that's important to me. And, so, and, and you get to make a, a more personal connection as well. Yes, absolutely. That's very important. Now, April, if uh, if folks want to find out more about the the, the single, about uh, upcoming mm-hmm. dates, uh, social media, and all that, where's uh, where's the best place for everybody to go? Well, on my Facebook and Instagram, it's at April N Smith Music. And then I have my website, www.aprilnsmithmusic.com. And you can find all my shows listed on any of those sites. And if you want to purchase merchandise, uh, my website is linked to my Square store. And so, uh, but yeah, any of those places, just as long as you put the N, it's very important that you put the N because there's another April Smith. And so that's why we have to use my middle initial. So. <laughs> gotcha. Well, April, it's been great to visit with you today. I appreciate you taking some time. And, you, you know, the ambiance wasn't so bad. Awesome. Well, I'm glad. I appreciate you having me so much. It's been fun. Well, there are tons of people who have gotten used to working from home over the past year, and a lot of them aren't willing to let it go. And according to a new survey, one-third of people who are working remotely right now said they would quit on the spot if they had to start going into an office for work every day. Now, 39% said they'd rather take a pay cut than go to an office. The survey also found 51% of people say every company needs to give people the option of working remotely at least some of the time. Our next guest, uh, country singer, songwriter, producer, behind-the-scenes guy uh, with his debut release. We've got uh, Eric Lee with us today. And first off, Eric, thanks, uh, thanks so much for taking the time, brother. Thanks for having me, Cameron. Appreciate it. This isn't the first time we've seen each other. Uh, I saw you, what was it, uh, two weeks ago when the, the, the karaoke night? That's the first time I'd ever met you. But uh, tell us a little bit why the music now, I guess, is it, it would be my first question. Yeah, that was fun, by the way. That was a much needed time. I, I loved it. I was, you know, drinking tequila, you know, my fiance joined and I was glad that she got to, you know, meet everybody. So that was it was a lot of fun. And yeah, I wound up singing uh, Freddie Fender before the next teardrop falls. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I actually learned that for her mom actually, and uh, and you know I I try to get the uh, pronunciation of that Spanish verse as best as I could, but uh, you know I, it's such a great song. He, you know he was such a great country singer, so it was it was. I, I was, I was kind of bummed you didn't like put on the '70s garb and and do like the backdrop like Lynn. Did you you remember oh, were you there yeah. when Lindsay Lane did hers and she did the Selena and had the backdrop and the dancers? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, that was so cool. <laughs> So she, cool. She she raised the bar real high, and everybody else was just like, "Yeah, it's not happening, man." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, she did. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you know, it's it's uh, I've been producing music for a long time. I, you know, I've been playing music, you know, my entire life. My dad, you know, he gave me my first guitar when I was about eleven years old, and so um, I moved to South Florida, uh, you know, when I was about nine or ten, though, with my grandmother, and I, I was back and forth. Uh, you know, actually, because I was born in New York, 
uh, originally and then, you know, moved down to South Florida with my grandmother and she, you know, took me to guitar lessons every week and was at all the terrible shows I first played when I was young and she was one of my biggest supporters at a, at a young age and and uh, pretty much raised me and my brother and so um, you know but I, I've been an, I've always had an eclectic uh, taste in music and you know but some of my earliest memories is my other grandmother uh, on my father's side she'd always play Dolly Parton records and the Judds and we'd be driving around in her car and then I had another uncle who introduced me at a young age to, to Eagles and their early stuff. You know, they started out in country. And so, uh, and then eventually, you know, Dwight Yoakam and Marty Stewart and just, yeah, just great music. So I've always, I've always loved country music. You know, I've dabbled in rock music projects a lot. And, and now as a producer, I've had the opportunity to produce a lot of different records for a lot of different artists. And, uh, you know, I went to recording school in South Florida. And after I wrapped up with that, there were some opportunities out in California, and so I came out here, which is where I am right now in Eagle Rock, and uh, this is my studio. This is where I produce everything, and so uh, once the pandemic hit, you know, I know that it had a, you know, negative impact on quite a lot of people. My heart goes out to everyone, you know, so I don't want to sound insensitive saying this, but for me, it had, you know, it gave me an opportunity, since I couldn't meet up with anybody for quite some time, to finally... Uh, you know, lay down some of these songs that have been coming to me over the past few years. And, um, you know, they've been like a gift to me because I've always wanted to sort of tap into what my voice was as a singer songwriter. You know, we're always trying to find that authenticity. And, and it, you know, at this point in my life, it just feels very authentic to be making this record. And, um, and I'm very proud of it. I can't wait for, for everybody and for you to, to hear the rest of the songs. I got a, a new single actually coming out uh, next Friday, March 12th. Next Friday. All right. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Now, tell us uh, for you how uh, I'm a perfectionist and I have a hard time saying something's done and because it's got to be absolutely perfect. But oh for, for you as a producer, how hard does you do you make it on yourself as an artist? Yeah, it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's a, it's I mean, it's it's very fulfilling. I'm not, I can't complain. But, right. you know, I love to collaborate with people. And that's been, you know, if, if there's any if there's ever, uh, if there's been any challenge uh, during this time, it's not being able to feed off the energy of other people. And I do Zoom sessions and I've, I've the writing is an, is an easy part. But, you know, taking on the task of recording and producing this album has solely fallen on. Here's me, you know, and, you know, I'm going to be in this room and I'm just going to try things and see if it works and try to entertain myself and there you know you go through so many versions you know but i i find that i love having another person or working with another engineer or producer because it just gives you that affirmation that reassurance that you know you're headed in the right direction you get that enthusiasm and so but it's great you know i'm still the the cool thing actually was is that i've taken the mixing responsibilities away from myself uh, i i record it as best as i can and i send it out to vance powell in nashville and he's uh i mean i'm sure you you know who he is but for anybody okay. watching who doesn't know who he is he's one of my favorite mixing engineers in the entire world he's done uh chris stapleton's records and jack white's records and so many more and uh, just just a couple of no names just a couple yeah just a couple of nobody yeah and so and he was the so supportive of my my songs and and uh, so generous with giving me uh you know some tips as a producer and engineer myself and it was an honor to to get to work with him and you know like we're talking right now through zoom that's how we were talking and so it was just a trip because i've seen 
uh, uh, quite a few of his videos online and now you know we're just talking candidly and he's giving me a live stream of the mixes and it was a really really cool uh, experience for sure now now how hard is it to hear somebody's editorial feedback for you oh what do you mean on, on differences of opinion how how hard especially with, since you have the producer hat as well yeah yeah you know absolutely you know he gave me some well i asked him before we dove into the mixing sessions to just give it to me straight and he had some really great advice you know about you know uh, uh you know primarily in the recording of of uh of same dirt road he thought you know he loved the way that i sang the other songs and then same dirt road i kind of took a first pass at it it was the demo and i kind of got demoitis with it and he was like oh you know you should I know you could sing it better than that. You know, you should probably go and, you know, put that same passion, that same character, you know, you put into the rest of the song. So uh, I, I took his advice, you know, and just sort of re-sang the entire thing. And uh, yeah, when he mixed it though, I mean, he did exactly what I hoped he would do, which was great. I mean, I really barely had any notes and he's an artist, you know, in, you know, in himself, you know, some mixing engineers are very accommod accommodating and they'll be like, well, what do you, you know, or a blank canvas where he is, you know, the, the type of artist that here's my thing. This is what you hired me to do. And, uh, and he delivered, you know, it was exactly what I had hoped for. So it was great. Now, now, do you play keyboard or guitar? Are you, you a guitar player? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't call myself keyboardist. I mean, I could, you know, I got this little MIDI keyboard. Well, I can't pull it out right now, but underneath my desk right here. And, uh, you know, I can get some things done and then edit it the right way. But yeah, I, I primarily play guitar. It's been it was my first instrument you know i was i almost actually was gonna play bass uh and uh you know the guitar teacher you know in in south florida pulled me aside and was like you don't want to play bass you want to <laughs> play guitar you know you play guitar you can play bass and he was right so now i get to do both on these records so it's great and uh and yeah, bass is hard to sing acoustic too yeah I, i'd say so i guess you get the stand up and do the, the acoustic that way right yeah, yeah, yeah. This, you know, that upright bass action. Yeah. Now, now, uh, I know that you've got your guitar there with you. I didn't know what what you uh, if you still want to play something for us or. Uh, of course, give yeah. Little, give us a little intro. What you gonna play for us? Yeah, so I'll play the singles. So yeah, this is my first single, and it just dropped a few months ago. It's called Same Dirt Road, and yeah, it's got a chorus that just came to me out of the blue, and. Um, I was doing a writing session with one of my best friends, Frank Palazzolo, uh, last year on Zoom, early last year. And uh, we were gonna work on something different for a different project, uh, but I sang him this chorus real quick. Um, and he stopped me, you know, immediately and said, no, 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 we gotta work on that song. He, we were having a few beers and we just loved the idea of writing a simple drinking song that brought people together. And uh, yeah, the reaction so far has been great. You know, uh, I really appreciate your support, Cameron, and you know, and everybody who's who's requested the song. You know, really means the world to me. It's been life changing. So that's all. Awesome. That song, yeah. We're in the same small town, bored at our brains with the same gold lovers and a heart on a strain. Driving every day in his beat up truck on the same dirt road where we all grow up. If you're riding through the country or downtown, crack it down on a subway. If you're working on a Sunday or sipping on some Tanqueray, raise it up. I might not have it down your street. We might do things differently. She's wearing blue. 
sinks We're in the same small town Bored at our brains With the same goal lovers And a heart on a string Driving every day In his beat up truck On the same dirt road Where we all grow up Everyone thinks their ways are better But sometimes we gotta drink together We stand tall when we all show love On the same dirt road Where we all grow up Thinks you're living in sin, I know it And if you're living through a bad phase Well, we all make mistakes every day I might not have been down your street We might do things differently She does this day like that But who cares? Oh, Same small town, but at all brains with the same cold lovers and a heart on a string driving every day in this beat up truck on the same dirt road that we all grow up. So leave your woes in the rearview mirror and raise a glass, have a drink together. We stand tall when we all show love on the same dirt road that we all grow up. It's the same town, we're all in the same town, on the same dirt road that we all grow up. There you go. There you go. That's good stuff, my friend. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Who is the artist that you play the most covers of? You know, it's so across the board. You know, I I, I have to say, uh, you know, I'd say Bob Dylan, you know, uh, I, I... I proposed to uh, my fiance with Make You Feel My Love um, in 2019. And um, her grandfather actually uh, joined me, uh, who's been a musician all his life and uh, served in the Navy and just an amazing guy. And he joined me, uh, you know, and made it a very special moment. So uh, that song is probably one of the most, you know, over sang covers. (laughs) I do a lot now because her family and my family wants me to sing it all the time. but you know, it's all across the board. Like I said, I do that Freddie Fender one, and um, I'm trying to think. You know, I I spend so much of my time doing my own songs that it's it's just that kind of thing. The yeah. songwriting, the inspiration is it has it been harder? Has it been uh, maybe uh, harder to keep it maybe bright? I guess. Well, I mean, for me, it's interesting, you know, because since this is my first album. Um, all these songs, you know, some of half of them are pre, you know, this pandemic and the other half are, are you know, I'm still tightening up right now. I'm, I'm midway through uh, finishing the production. Actually, I'm, I'm, I've carved out pretty much the rest of this month so that I can finish the recording and, you know, and send it all to Vance because he keeps hitting me up. Like, what am I getting these songs? I want to finish the album. Uh, but, uh, y- you know, a lot of my songs are, are hopeful, I think, and, and have, uh, you know, I think a a message of, of yeah of hope and, and love and so on and so forth and there's there's some pretty uh nice romantic ballads that i've written for uh, my soon-to-be wife in there that i'm really really proud of and and so it's a pretty diverse 
album, I'd, I'd have to say. You know, some of the songs lean a little bit more, you know, folk Americana, singer-songwriter, since, you know, the majority of my songs start off with this acoustic guitar, and so sometimes I leave it as is. Um, this upcoming single, Walking in Your Shoes, it started that way, but then it grew into a full-blown Southern rock production. So it's it's very different than Same Dirt Road, but it fits together somehow, which I'm pleased to see. And so, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a very dynamic album, and I think I hope people really enjoy it. Now, how much has uh, being in California, doing the production there, how much has that affected your version of of, of a country music because i know there there i mean there's it's so open of a genre anyway i mean has has that affected you think your sound well oh yeah undoubtedly i'd have to say but you know i've i've had the chance to work with so many different songwriters and producers across all the genres and you know it gives me the opportunity to do my own thing with it you know and have my own voice and you know i think uh, everybody loves you know when there's something innovating in, within a genre and you know that's what i always aim to do is try to do something new with with whatever i'm making at the time whether it's producing a song for somebody else or 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 myself and so but you know some of the great country singers came out of california dwight yoakam you know the bakersfield beat which i have on all the time in my car pretty much and so uh eagles they started off as a california country band and so you know I, i've it's hard because I, you know, I was primarily raised in South Florida. I've lived out in California for quite some time. You know, I was born originally in New York. So I've lived all over and then I've toured and I've traveled all throughout this country. So, you know, it's hard for me to call myself, you know, uh, <laughs> by a state, you know, because I feel like I'm just an American singer songwriter at, at the end of the day. And I've got my own perspective and my own voice. And, you know, I'm just doing my own thing with it. So. That's right. That's right. Well, you, you got time to play one more for us? Yeah, sure. All right. You know what? I'm going to play the one coming out next week. There you go. Yeah. All right. It's called Walking in Your Shoes. Restless soul Trying to make the best With all I know These changing times They collect it all I carry on my way Like a stranger In this home Maybe we're not alone Walking these worn down roads Maybe love's meant for us To spread around Thinking I'm born to lose, but maybe I'm just like you. You won't know till you're walking in my shoes. 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 Till the end of the road, it's only me and you. Broken dreams their thrones build these roads that we can't roam but the battle cries will guide us home yeah haunted by all the devil's done we carry on our way till all our fears 
good stuff right there brother thank you That's good stuff now eric if, uh, if folks want to keep up with uh, the new releases all the social media and keep up with uh, the the recording process you share some of that on your socials as well yeah absolutely i'm on so instagram is my most active i think platform right now it's eric lee music you can you visit me there and talk to me there i'm always answering messages and facebook it's face uh, eric lee live on facebook so uh, you can also go to my website too, ericlee.live. Ericlee.live, Eric yeah. Lee Music, and Eric Lee Live. Yeah, it's a hard. It's hard to get it uniformed. <laughs> I, you know, I tried I know. And, and I failed, but hey, I'm here to do it. My daughter had to do it. Uh, she had to come up with our hashtag and everything. And, and you know what? She picked one that I can use everywhere. I was, I, I was amazed. You have to, you have to go to the teenagers for that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, Eric, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to visit with us, and uh, hopefully we can catch up again real soon. We'd love that. Thank you for having me, Cameron. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Well, you can make a lot of money right now with just two simple steps. Number one, make an imaginary character real, and number two, shoot it. Well, the state of Oklahoma is now offering $2.1 million in a bounty to anyone who hunts Bigfoot. Now, the whole thing is a tourism play. They're hoping that it brings people to the state to go on Bigfoot hunts and it'll give businesses the chance to sell Bigfoot hunting licenses. And to that we say, good luck. Well, this is a country that likes its cheese and its beer. And while we've all got our own preferences on both, when you look across the entire population, lots of people are gravitating toward the same things. Now, two new surveys just figured out the most popular cheese in the country and the most popular beer. Now, our favorite cheese is cheddar. It got 19% of the vote. American came in second, followed by mozzarella, Swiss, and a tie between pepper jack and Colby jack. Now, the beer survey broke things down a little differently and found the most popular beer in every state, and based on that, number one is Budweiser, which won 27 states. Corona came in second with 19 states, and Coors and Bud Light each won two states. 
Always good to visit with folks uh, a second time around. We've got uh, Texas artist Chris Roberts. Uh, Chris, great to visit with you. I hope you're having a good start to the week. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Now, we're we're, uh, we're uh, having fun with people checking out the uh, the new the new song out and the EP. So I'm, I'm glad to finally get uh, some few more songs out there. Now the new single "Get Down." Tell us where this one came from for you. Uh, that is simply about uh, we when the pandemic hit, we were out on the road and uh, we didn't know what to do. So we went in, into the studio in, in uh, Joshua Tree, California. And then um, everybody was just kind of looking at me like, okay, well, we're here. And now what? And I that I was in the uh, vocal booth and staring out the window. Luckily, it was really pretty. And I was sitting there uh, looking out the window at a Joshua Tree and saw a jackrabbit hopping through the desert and i felt just like that jackrabbit so the first you know i'm a jackrabbit in the desert you know and then it was just it's time we have to get on with our get down you know there's no what else are we gonna do we don't have another option and we're gonna get on with the get down so whichever way we can do that we're trying (laughs) (laughs) now is that how most of your song rights come is just like an instantaneous thing and it just boom well no it all comes it all comes different for me it uh yeah, that was just the same thing. It's like my back's against the wall, and it's like, uh, how will somebody make up a song? We got to <laughs> do something, and I just felt like that. That was that was just that song. And then every song, sometimes I sit down and I'll write, and it, three. I think I have three songs, and somehow I end up combining them into one song. Or <laughs> it just goes in all all different ways. Or somebody else from the the band comes up with something or, or, you know, it's just always just different ideas and, you know, whatever, (laughs) wherever life, wherever life takes you, you know? Yeah, exactly. Your sound is, uh, it's definitely a blend of so many different styles. Where did, where did your first love of music come? I mean, uh, where you first gravitated toward music, if you will. Yeah. I, uh, I just remember, you know, uh, growing up, uh, there was there was country music on the radio you know it was it was the the good old 80s country and i uh like late 80s or mid 80s early whatever i listened to it all because that's what uh you know my dad had on when he was taking me to practice or whatever whatever i was doing and i and i just like that and then all of a sudden i got into you know the teen years you start getting into rock and roll <laughs> and and all that stuff and even i listened to you know hip-hop and and everything you know making my way as growing up i think as everybody does so it came from everywhere but my soul has always been gravitates to where i is like southern rock you know um which i'll play different songs all the time it's just whatever song's good it's you know that's the vibe whichever one's speaking to you at the moment right yeah, it's just whatever comes out at the time, you know. How hard has songwriting for you been over the last year, or has it maybe sparked a little bit more inspiration? Yeah, this whole the whole record that eventually is, is going to come out, uh, you know, the, the second part of this Red Feather EP, um, you know, will be the full record, I guess. Um, uh, I'm not sure what we're going to call it yet. Blue Feather or something? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> but it'll always be something feather. Um, 
it's more songs about, you know, they were all written when we were in lockdown in a studio, you know? And so all the songs were just generated from the feeling of missing, you know, going from missing your loved ones to let's party, you know, all the different emotions. And, but you'll notice a lot of the songs on this somehow um, get back to the feelings that we're feeling right now that people have, are, have been feeling or were feeling hopefully we're not feeling that way for long <laughs> we can only hope um, right <laughs> they come from every they come from everywhere but this one is about that the, ne- the next one is you know whatever what's it been like getting out there to play after uh, especially in front of folks that haven't had the chance to see any live music in a while well i got to play a few shows uh a little while back in uh in macon georgia which was quite a treat they they uh they took really good care of me i got to go to the the big house museum you know because i'm kind of under the umbrella with the allman brothers in them and and uh and so that was really cool got to hold some guitars that were nobody's <laughs> touched in 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 years but anyway we got to play in macon we did that played and then we got to play in uh, chattanooga at a baseball uh, minor league park and everybody was just so it was fun even though it wasn't because we're further away and yeah. people are kind of whatever it's just people were just really excited and then uh yeah it was it was really cool um it was cool i hope that i can't <laughs> wait to i can't wait to get back out there to be honest it's just it's just driving it's driving all of us nuts you know what is it about the live show that really lights your fire about the live show? Is it the coming on stage here and the reaction? Uh, what is it for you? you know, when you can see, yeah, when you can see, well, most of the time it's just nerve wracking, <laughs> you know, it's, and, uh, you know, walking out on with 2,300 people out there, even in COVID, you know, spread out all, all of the thing on a big stage is, is uh, it's like, I hope I hope we know what the hell we're doing, <laughs> you know. But but when with the first chord strikes, it's time to rip, and we have fun. And I like the perform. I like the performing and singing. And the studio is a is a completely different thing. I like writing the song, writing songs, and and collaborating with the guys and making and making the songs. But the real thing that I like to do is is the songs. We're a live band. We we're better live you know it's 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 more fun you can feel the energy and i try and give everybody the emotions of what the song is about and and really uh portray what what this it is and uh it seems to come across we do better from people when they come to see us you know we get a way <laughs> bigger reaction than just like putting out a song i think so um now, what goals do you guys set for the new year as as things start to open up? Has goal setting changed for you completely? Yeah, I mean, what are what could they be? I don't I don't know. Hopefully, to go play some songs and no, we're going. I'm actually we've um, I'm really looking forward to uh, getting back in the studio. We've we've kind of got it dialed in, and a producer that uh, I'm really excited. You know, he's a he actually did Blackberry Smoke's last album and wow. he's really excited to work with us. And uh, I'm looking forward to going in. We've, I've already met with the guys and we've had some writing sessions. And so we've got 
we get a lot of songs and now it's just like, let's narrow them down to <laughs> which ones we want to use now and, and whatever. So hopefully we're going to do that. Uh, release the, the next part of the, that other, the album that I did, the red feather. And then uh, maybe go play some shows. Um, you hope, you hope that's what everybody wants. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're shooting a, I think we're shooting a video out in Joshua Tree for Get Down. Um, so that, that'll that probably come out in not, not too long so people can kind of check that out and uh, see us getting psychedelic out in the desert. <laughs> That's You got to do that in Joshua Tree, right? Ah, uh, you know. Hey, those, those are funky-looking trees. <laughs> that, 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 that they are. Now, Chris, if folks want to keep up with not only the, the new releases as those become available, but upcoming dates as those become available, and social media, all that as well, what's what's the best way to keep up with it? I'm so bad at this. I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> but I, the, the official Chris Roberts is one way, you know, find my Instagram. Or, you know, I'm pretty sure you can. It's on, you know, it's spotify every major streaming thing you know you type in chris roberts and it's going to point you to or red feather will take you there uh, but you know we get, we got all the media things out there he just kind of <laughs> he's like i'm just playing the, i'm go, just playing the songs. Surf a little bit but the, ofi- <laughs> the official chris roberts will find you there that's good stuff. Well, Chris, I love the sound of the new single and I look Thank forward you. once things open up fully catching up in person. Yeah, it sounds good, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for the support. Well, you don't have to just reluctantly eat peeps this year on Easter. You can also reluctantly look like a peep. Well, just in time for Easter, there's a new line of eyeshadow in peeps colors and with that glittery light look that all the peeps have. Now, they've also made makeup sponges that are shaped like peeps, and if you're interested, you can buy both for $40. It is time for our monthly visit with our good friend, the Grand Poobah of Grilling, Meathead Goldwyn. And uh, first off, happy March to you, my friend. Oh, it, it, you know, the, the, I'm up here in Chicago, Cameron. The snow has thawed. And uh, I can smell spring any day now. Of course, of course, I've been out grilling all winter. Nothing stops me. But, you know, come spring, that's when people start dusting off their old rust bucket and uh, they head down to the hardware store and they see all those new shiny grills and they start checking the bank account. And I, I know one of the ones we I think we've talked in it shortly before was the pe- the wood pellet grills. Those are all the rage and all the talk. And wanted to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about that. Maybe the the positives, the negatives, and maybe some of the misnomers, if you will. Yeah, it it has become quite the uh, rage now. Uh, uh, I mean, charcoal grills and gas grills are still out there a plenty. But these pellet grills, or actually, I prefer to call them pellet smokers because they're better at smoking than they are at grilling, most of them. And we'll talk about that. But um, they're, they have some really cool features. Most importantly, they are set it and forget it. They have a thermostat, just like your indoor oven. You can set a temperature for it, so you can peg it at 225, which is a good temperature for smoking, um, low and slow. Uh, for things like ribs and pork butt and brisket. And 
it will stay at or near 225. Most grills, even your indoor oven, they will go slightly above your target temp. Then they'll shut off the heat. Then they'll dip slightly below and then shut on the heat. And then up and down, they call it a sinusoidal curve. It's a sinus. And it's this wavy wave. Your indoor oven can fluctuate as much as 20 or 30 degrees. These pellet smokers often fluctuate only 5 or 10 degrees at maximum in either direction. So they stay pretty darn close to your target temp. And you don't have to, you know, add more charcoal or adjust for cold air. Um, that you know, you set it for 225, it'll hit 225 in the winter, in the summer. It's a thermostat, just like your indoor oven, and, and that's really nice. Um, uh, you don't have to worry about it, you just set it and forget it. And uh, uh, they, they burn little wooden pellets there. If you took a pencil and broke it into 10 little pieces, about a half inch long. That's what these pellets look like. And they're just compressed sawdust. There's no glue or additives or anything. It's just compressed sawdust. And um, so it's pure wood. And so you get a nice wood flavor from them. Uh, the pellets are not cheap they, per BTU. They're more expensive than a gas grill or a charcoal grill, but not a lot. And uh you know, the convenience really makes it worthwhile. We talked about the, the, the pros. What are maybe some of the some of the setbacks, if you will? Well, they are an oven. They're set up much like your indoor oven. The the little cup at the bottom that burns the pellets is set underneath a metal plate, just like in your indoor oven. So the you get warm air and you can get a lot of warm air. It can go up to five, 600 degrees. Um, but you warm air isn't ideal for doing things like searing a steak. It'll roast beautifully, but you wouldn't put a steak in your oven to sear it. And you don't expect to use a pellet grill or pellet smoker to sear a steak. If you want to sear a steak, you have to expose it to infrared energy, which means you have to expose it to glowing charcoals or flame from a gas grill. And now some of them, the newer models have tried to get that flame to shine through so you can sear. Notably, the Weber has th that ability. A few of them actually have a burner on the side that'll let you sear, but um, you should consider it to be a wood oven. And that's just fine for things like pizza, roasting chicken, doing a brisket or a pork butter ribs. But if you want that gorgeous dark all over sear that you get on a steak at a steakhouse, you really need a little more infrared, go to something like charcoal. So you, you might want to keep a charcoal grill on the side for steaks and burgers and lamb chops. Now, you talk about the convenience, and, and with convenience always comes a price tag as well. Oh, yeah. How, you how you, you have seen them. Yeah. How much difference is the price tag, uh, the bottom line, I guess you should say? Well, let's let, all right. An entry level charcoal grill can be under 100 bucks. Right. An entry level gas grill can be two to 300 bucks. An entry level pellet smoker 
I guess there's a couple of them down around 500, but most of them are 700 and up. And some of the better ones are running a thousand bucks or up. Um, But uh, they have all the bells and whistles. I I have one by um, a company called Mac, M-A-K. And uh, it's just got all the I mean, it's got digital control um some of them um, like the new tragers um you can control them from your smartphone so you set it up turn it on throw the meat on there and go watch the game just keep your phone next to you and you can keep an eye on it and you can say okay let's raise the temp it's getting late and dinner's in a half hour i need it to cook faster and you can control that from your smartphone and it'll send you an alarm it's got a probe you stick it in the chicken and the probe will tell you when the chicken is done so they're getting pretty high tech and smart um and and you know you got to pay for that now, when you talk about getting high tech and you being the scientist and the grill man, I mean, how, how far is to, is too much technology when you talk about grilling? Well, I got to tell you, <laughs> I hardly ever use the smartphone app. Now, I know a lot of people that love them and in few of them, they even are linked to recipes. But I, you know, I generally don't need to raise and lower the temp and all that stuff. Uh, And I'm perfectly content to walk outside and poke the stuff and stick a thermometer. And although I use the probes um, and and with it comes with it comes a price. Um, Some of them use Bluetooth. Everybody who hates Bluetooth, raise your hand. Oh, look, everybody. Um, (laughs) Some of them use Wi-Fi. Some of them use Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. The cool thing about the Wi-Fi ones is that you can access it from a browser. So you can set up your brisket um, and uh, get in the car and uh, drive to Timbuktu and check it while you are in the hotel at Timbuktu. Uh, (laughs) It's pretty impressive. Now, for you, what what are the go-tos if you're going to be using a pellet grill? What would be the featured item that uh, you're probably going to be preparing? Ah, that's a good question. Um, you want to look for headspace. I, uh, make sure it'll handle the turkey because turkeys are fantastic on a pellet smoker. The pellet smokers um, produce a very mild smoke. It's not now if you're from Texas, mm-hmm. maybe Oklahoma, <laughs> it may not be to your taste. If you're accustomed to post oak or really strong log smoked um, food, it's a very mild. I I like to say it's a string quartet, not a brass band, Um, uh, but it's a lovely flavor. Um, So one of the uh, the downsides is that you just don't get this powerful uh, smash uh, of of, uh, smoke flavor that you would if you're burning logs. Um, And... uh, uh, I forgot what the question was. What what your, <laughs> what, what your go to if you were going to be cooking oh, on? Right, right. I said going off on turkey. Yeah, so you want it big enough to, uh, tall enough to hold your turkey. Um, uh, there, you know, really many of the features are about the same. I would look and see if there's a way to expose the food to flame. Um, if you can expose the food to flame, then you should be able to sear a steak, uh, sear a burger. Um, some of them have holes in them that allow you to do that and you can open it up. They, they do or don't work. Um, and I would just poke around online and see what people say about it. There's a lot of chatter about them. 
we review gas with gas, charcoal and pellet on our website. Um, we've got a guy, Max Good, full time. That's all he does is test grills and smokers. And we have a database of 600 grills and smokers that we have tested thoroughly. And he's tested just about every pellet uh, cooker on the market. So check his reviews and see what he says about them. Um, and then, of course, price is always a factor. That's right. Now, as we get towards spring and uh, we start getting those grills out for those of us that got blizzarded in, what are maybe some of the first setup tips, things you really need to be watching for before firing it up that first time? Ah, good point. Well, there is a real issue with gas grills that you need to think about if you've got a gas grill. The, the, the knob that you use to adjust the temperature um, goes through a panel like a dashboard. And on the other side, there is a small pipe with another pipe that goes into it. And there's an air gap around those two. And I don't know why, but spiders like to hang out in that air gap. And you need that air gap. Gas, propane, or natural gas needs oxygen. Right. And that's what that knob does. That knob blends the oxygen and the, the, the fuel so that you get the right temperature and the right kind of flame. And if there's a spider web in there or a family of spiders in there, um, you're not going to be able to adjust. So when you roll that gas grill out, you, um, you want to fire up and make sure that um, the, the, the flame on your gas grill should have just a tiny bit of yellow at the tip, but it should be mostly blue. Um, you want to possibly get down on your hands and knees and look behind that uh, panel and see if there's anybody uh, made uh, set up housekeeping inside that little Venturi, they call it. Um, and uh, clean it out. Um, uh, when it comes to grills, cleanliness is next to godliness. Um, uh, you know, uh, you wouldn't eat in a restaurant that cook your food on a really greasy grill grate. Um, it, the, the smoke from grease is not as good as the smoke from wood by any means. So you want to scrape out all the grease that may be left in there, the dirt, the dust, get it good and clean, get it ready for the season and keep it clean. But the grease, I always thought that the grease gave back flavor to it. No, <laughs> no, Gre grease flavor sucks. Um, you don't want grease flavor. Um, I know a lot of times, you know, you go out there and you fire up the gas grill and boy, there's this big cloud of smoke coming out of there. That's grease smoke. And it's just not as flavorful as wood smoke. Wood smoke is different. It's cellulose, lignin, and it has a lovely seductive smell and it really improves the flavor of food. The grease in your grill does not improve flavor. And in fact, it can make it taste bad. So get rid of all that grease, particularly the underside of your grill grates. The underside of your grill grates, a lot of the grease drips down. So you scrub the top, but now the underside has a lot of grease. And as you heat up that grill, that underside vaporizes the grease and goes right up into your food. You want to get rid of that and do not under any circumstances under penalty of death, you will sleep on the couch the rest of your life. Do not put it in the dishwasher. Um, that grease is just nasty. It will stick to everything um, inside that dishwasher. You'll never get it clean again. Take it out on your neighbor's lawn, 
Because <laughs> if you do it on your lawn, all that grease is going to be on the grass and your gr- and your dog is going to be rolling in it. Yep. And <laughs> so, but take it out, um, put it down on a piece of tarp or a bunch of old newspapers, hit it hard with a pressure washer. If you've got one or, 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 or and scrub it good, get that grill grate clean and look underneath that grill grate into the drip pan and the grease pans and get them really clean. Charcoal grills are less of a problem. <clears throat> Usually all you got to do is scrape out the ash and you want to get the ash out of there. Don't leave it in there because ash is very soft and fluffy. It's like goose down. And so it absorbs uh, the heat and it prevents your charcoal grill from getting up to maximum heat. So in between every cook, get all that ash out of your charcoal grill. You, you, you just made a point for me. My wife was always like, why don't you just leave the ash, put more charcoal on top? I just relight it. I said, because it doesn't get as hot. That's right. It's absolutely right. It, 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 it essentially cools it down. Now, uh, we one of our other big things we talk about just about every month is making sure folks have the meat thermometer. And is, as you oh, come, yeah. into a, come into a new season, do you need to be checking batteries? What's uh, Yeah, what's that's a great point. I mean, yeah, I, I've played this tune a lot, and you know it, and thank you for reminding me. Nothing will make you a better cook than a good meat thermometer. Um, a medium rare steak is 130 to 135 degrees. And if that's how you like your steak, you, there's no need to cut into it and let the juices run out. And it's very hard to tell, especially under a flashlight or your spotlight on your deck at night. Um, all you gotta do is stick it with a meat thermometer and it won't go (laughs) and deflate it. I mean, you know, and an eight ounce steak is six ounces of water. It's 75% water. You're going to lose only a few drops. You're not going to lose much moisture and a meat thermometer will tell you instantly. Um, and you can get a really good one that take, that takes only five seconds to get a precision reading for about 30 bucks. And we also test thermometers on amazingribs.com. We don't sell thermometers, grills or anything. We just test them and rate them and tell you where to go to get them, but get a good meat thermometer. And yeah, if you haven't used it in a while, uh, fire it up, check the battery level. I mean, it'll, it, it'll either come on or it won't, um, or it'll alert you that the battery's running low. Um, uh, there's not much, ma- much maintenance that needs to be done on them. All right. Well, Meathead, always want to make sure and, and point out the website and uh, the, the book info and uh, in case folks have any other questions. Thank you. Yeah, the book is Meathead, The Science of Great Barbecue and Grilling. Should be in your bookstore. It's on Amazon. Um, and uh, the website's amazingribs.com. All right. Well, Meathead, always good to visit with you, my friend. And hopefully, uh, well, we've all thawed out, and we'll get to get out there and really get those uh, those grills fired up for good for the at least the next six months. I can't wait. Well, again, thanks for tuning us in for this 37th episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. If you ever have a comment, a question, or anything else you'd like to know, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at GQ with Cam. If you'd like to help out in the funding for this podcast, click on over to the shop tab on the website, gqwithcam.com forward slash shop. Got some mugs, some shirts, hats, all kinds of other stuff that will help the funding for the podcast. Of course, if you have a special guest idea, email me, gqwithcam at gmail.com. Again, thanks to Brandon Allen for coming up with a theme for Good Questions with Cameron Dole. We're going to let him play us out. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Monday. 